0: Father, this morning we just look to you, Lord. Will you, of us, we come to you through the blood of Jesus. That voice that speaks for us in the Holy of Holies. Speaks mercy, mercy, mercy. Better things than even the blood of righteous Abel that calls out for vengeance. Lord, We seek mercy. We seek grace today. We know, Lord, your grace is sufficient for us. Now we need grace to speak and to hear. To believe, to trust, and to obey. We need grace. For it is not easy, we know, Lord, to walk in this life, in this world. But that's your demand And your grace is what it makes it possible. So, Father, I pray this morning, here at night, in many parts, different time zones in the world, but let there be an outpouring of grace upon everyone who hears and believes. Grace to believe for healing. Grace to believe for strength. Grace to believe for provision. Grace to forgive and let go. Grace for restoration. Let them believe, Lord, that you came with fullness of grace. And out of that fullness of grace, we receive blessing after blessing. That in our direst moment, we will realize your grace is sufficient. So speak to us, Lord, because the hearing brings faith and it is through faith we stand in that grace. To that end, I come at this time and each one of us offline and online. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So we are here Monday the thirteenth, right? Today's thirteenth. yeah, Thirteenth. Yes, yes. And today is Monday. Got my day right finally. Genesis one verses three to five. We'll come back there. Three, seventeen, eighteen. Then God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light "dark," and the darkness He called "night." So the evening and the morning were the first day. I was just smiling. I was always wondering why did the shortest person have to sit on the highest seat. <laughs> <laughs> The irony of a light, okay? (laughs) One short person is missing today, the next one took the place. (laughs) We can laugh, okay? (laughs) God is good. God is good. God is good, okay? So we see the first words God spoke in the Bible is, let there be light. Okay, so we need to realize this is not the sun and the moon. So it's not the sun and the moon that comes much later. So please don't get into the temporal and think about light in terms of this light. Okay, God uses temporal things to explain deeper things, eternal things. Okay, eternal things. So the first words he utters in creation. Not that these are his first words, but as far as we are concerned, beginning of creation, the first words he utters is let there be light. Okay, you need to realize God speaks, that is Jesus, and the Spirit of God, what he does first, he brings light. The first act of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is to bring light. And when God saw this light, not sunlight or moonlight, this light, that it was good. And then God, so even though there was light, there was still darkness. Okay. Please understand, even though there was light, there is darkness. Even though we have been in the church for over 15 years and heard the word, there is still darkness. And it will be there till Jesus comes. Then we will see him as he is. So this interplay of light and darkness will go on till Revelation 21. Then in 21, there is no need for the sun or the moon because the Lamb is the light. Okay, so please understand, because the minute we think we have light, then we are in trouble because there is still darkness. Then we stop hearing the word of God. We stop believing. Okay, so please remember, it's a very dangerous place to, to be in. God called the light day and the darkness he called night so light and darkness day and night these things will come to play through the word and it means not what is temporal what it means is eternal in acts chapter 26 and verse 18 now salvation is put in those okay salvation now from the beginning of creation he's going into our hearts to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light Now from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So the power of Satan is darkness. Ignorance is darkness. The power of Satan is darkness. Okay? And the power of God is light. If you go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 and 13, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us, okay? We were not qualified, but He qualified us when we believed, He qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, okay? He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love keeps coming now if you go to second corinthians chapter four how does the devil the bible says in one john 5 19 the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one how does he do that in second corinthians chapter four and verse four whose minds the people in the world okay whose minds the god of this age has blinded okay god of this age has blinded lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your bond servants, for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who are shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, light and darkness again. So, how does the devil rule the world? By keeping us blinded. Okay? You see, if you take a blind man, you put him in the dark or a room full of light, it makes no difference for him. It's always dark. It's still dark. Okay? dark okay so you need to realize what is like uh, we talk about the crisis in the middle east which will become ultimately a worldwide crisis and okay president trump says he can solve it in 24 hours maybe he can but it can be solved in one minute if they see christ it's over the day jesus steps down on earth it will be over because they will see light everybody will see light everybody will see light and all wars will cease everything will cease there will be no internal conflict family conflict societal conflict racial there will be no conflict will cease immediately because light will step down okay that's why his second coming is also put across in terms of light like lightning flashes every eye will see him every eye will see him okay so please understand what how the devil rules, how the devil rules, okay so the preaching of the Word of God is primarily so that we move from darkness into light okay and uh, when we were all there, we were I don't know about you, but I was there once, I didn't see, I didn't see uh, I was blinded still so many areas, still blinded, but I was absolutely blinded. I mean, it, it's a worst kind of blindness to be born in a Christian family and not see, not see, okay? And worst indictment on me is like Paul's indictment. A boy who read every piece of paper in which English was written. I'm not even saying books. Every piece of paper that was, so easy, anything was written, I read that one Bible which was they kept there that I didn't touch. You need to I still have the Bible, my father's Bible. I still have that Bible. Okay. It's an old Bible, very old Bible. Okay. It was given to my for their wedding, if I'm right, in 1959. And I have that Bible with me. And it was kept always like in a. Eh? We had the statues of Mary and all that, and the Bible was kept there. And this boy never touched that book. Never touch that book. And that is absolute blind. Okay, if you're an illiterate person who doesn't read, it's a different thing. You're reading library after library. Library, not books. Library after library, then troubling other people to bring books from their libraries, other principals when they came home on the weekend. Every book, every piece of paper in which English was written, I ro- read, but I didn't touch the Bible. That is called blindness. How blind can you be? How blind can you be? Okay, so please understand, we still go through this crisis. We still sit there right in church. Everything we hear, every WhatsApp message we don't miss, everything we hear, read on social media. But when it comes to the hearing of the word of God, we do not realize we live in darkness. We live in darkness. Okay. So these things are there. These things are there and we have to be very, very careful about it. Okay, so you will realize, okay, in John chapter 8, Jesus has this encounter with the Pharisees, okay, the Pharisees, and 8 verse 58, when he says before Abraham, I am, they wanted to kill him, they wanted to kill him, hmm? okay, and then when you come to the end of that chapter, okay, you can go further down. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. You need to realize how could you be so blinded that you want to kill the very person who has come to save you? So absolutely blinded they wanna they wanna kill him. Why? Why is it so? Go to Second Corinthians chapter three verses fourteen to sixteen. But their minds were blinded. Okay? You need to realize. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. This is uh, in KJV? Okay, fine. Because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when the, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Now look at this. Two words are used, okay? Heart is used, mind is used. So, please need to understand, we don't see with our eyes first or with our mind first. We see with our heart first. The heart is the center core of our being. Okay? Because the eyes only take images. It's like a camera. The camera doesn't read anything. The camera just clicks images. The camera doesn't have a soul. It cannot tell you what it is seeing. It just takes a picture. So actually, you behind the camera is picking up. But it just the eyes are just like that. It just picks up the images. But the eyes don't read the images. Okay? And it is not even your mind. It is your heart. It is your heart that reads. And what your heart reads, the mind processes. Okay, that is why, like I said, <laughs> I studied in Iflu and I knew my profs, they were brilliant minds, brilliant minds, unbelievably brilliant minds. I mean, if one of my profs, like Alok Bhalla, he's still professor emeritus in Delhi, okay, he's so old man, okay, if he were to come yesterday to our church and teach from the book of Job, you would be stunned, you would sit there and listen for three hours. They're brilliant minds, blinded hearts. They cannot see. They cannot see. Brilliant minds. Okay. So why I said, there are people in the world they are brilliant, but their hearts are blinded. Their hearts are blinded. They cannot see. They cannot see. So the thing is that the Pharisees could not see. Okay. They are experts of the law. But the problem is, whenever the Old Testament is read, whenever the law is read, when Moses means the law is read, what happens? A veil covers our heart. Veil. Now, this is not the whale. veil. Okay? This is not a dupatta veil. It's a very thick veil. You put it, you can't see anything. It's not the veil like the burqa veil where they can see everybody, nobody can see them. It is not that. This is a veil. That covers. And how does a whale, when do you see? Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the whale is taken away. So we are the purpose of the word of see. Like I said, repentance is not a bad word. Okay, they have made repentance sound like a bad word. Repentance is a very good word. Repentance basically means turning to the Lord. That's what it means, okay? And every time we turn to the Lord, we see better and better and better. Okay? Better and we, we turn away from something and then turn to Christ. Okay? There are two parts. One is turn away, like, I cannot look at you unless I turn away. Okay? I turn, I have to turn away from this. To turn to something, then I see you. So repentance alone does not cause you to see. You have to turn away from thing and turn to Christ. And then you will see. Then you will see. So it's a constant thing. If you listen to yesterday's, if you, if you listen to yesterday's message, and God would have spoken to everybody something, and that God is just saying, turn away from that and turn. To, look unto me. Look unto me. You know, the whole thing was look unto Jesus. Because you know what? Before anything else, we need forgiveness we need mercy okay look unto me you will receive mercy and then you will receive grace so that you see better that you don't the whole purpose of sight is that we don't stumble and fall what is the purpose of sight so that we can walk if i the better my sight the better i can walk okay but if my sight is in there then i will stumble i will fall so this is the issue Okay, this is the issue. And the whale, the heart is the issue. Remember, the heart is the issue. In the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, verses 10 to 16. And the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, why can't you be this clear? he goes out when he talks to the people outside. Why do you speak like that in parables? He gives the answer. He answered and said to them, because it's been given to you, know, you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. He says, you see, there's something called the kingdom, my father's kingdom. And the father's kingdom is a mystery for people outside. Mystery for people outside. But it's not meant to be a mystery for people inside. So it is not given to them. It's given to you. So those who are outside, everything sounds like a parable. But to those who come inside, parables will be explained. And then he talks about how the kingdom works. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Then he goes to verse 13 and says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. The reason for the hearts of these people have grown dull. The issue is with the heart. It's grown dull. Dull meaning you need to understand what the dull. It, if you only understand in terms, if you use it with a knife. If you say the knife is dull, it means it is not sharp. It is not hard. It's It's hard. So dullness of heart means their hearts are hardened. The hearts of these people have grown dull or hard. What happens when your heart grows dull or hard? Your ears become hard of hearing and your eyes close. This is the connection. And your mind does not understand. It understands something else which was never what it was meant to be. Okay, It always goes with the heart. When your heart becomes dull, Your spiritual ears are hard of hearing, and your eyes close, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, that I should heal them. Then he says, blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. Why? Because their hearts were right. Their hearts were right. Tower you look at them, their hearts were right. Even when he said he was going to die, they all said, let us all go with him and die. Only one fellow left, okay. But they all said, let us go and die. So we need to realize we have to be very careful about this because once our heart, okay, the issue is always with the heart. Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Okay? Please understand. The issues of life doesn't arise from the mind. It arises from the heart, like last night when, uh, when Sami and I were, he was dropping me, he was discussing Watchman So I was talking about how Watchman says that. When we talk about the world, we think about theater and pub and all that. must be very, very careful when you go to the theater and pub, if you go there. Okay, But watchmen say it is not there. It is when you go to your office or your school. We don't see that's where we have to be careful. That's where the world touches us. Okay, We say, thank God, it is Friday. But the problem is, the problem has already been accumulated from Monday to Friday. We do not realize about this heart that we have to keep our heart with all diligence. Okay? If you turn with me, this is there in Mark also. We'll come there later. Mark chapter 15, 18 and 19. Okay, Jesus said, not Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Sorry, not Mark, Matthew. Not Mark, Matthew 15, 18 and 19. But those things which proceed from the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. He says it doesn't come from the mind first. It comes from the heart first. And then it comes out of the mouth. In Matthew 12, verse 34 and 35, we saw yesterday, 34 and third brood of vipers. Okay, we saw brood of vipers. Why does he call brood of vipers? He says, at your core, in your heart. You're just like your father, the Satan. At the core. What is he? He's a liar and a murderer from the beginning. That is his core. Okay, core. So how can you be evil? You being evil, speak good things. Because for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings out evil things. Both things, what is common is treasure. Okay? Treasure. But what you consider treasure is a problem. Okay? So you will see, heart is the issue. Heart, eyes, ears, they are all connected. Okay? In the the sixth miracle of jesus in the gospel according to john is about a man who's born blind okay the man who is born remember 859 they want 58 they wanted to stone him 859 he disappeared and 9 he goes out he's not bothered by what these people and we would be upset and bothered and okay i try to help these people and they are trying to kill me and all that. he's not bothered the reason he's not bothered is his heart Is clean, stayed on his father. See, our response is from our heart. Okay, heart. And his heart is absolutely Clean towards God, clean towards man. So he has, he doesn't respond that way. Otherwise what will happen is, there is a man standing, sitting there blind, and he, we will ignore him. And they are having very, very theological questions, who sinned, his father, his grandfather, great, they are all, they are very good like, uh, uh, GTC. They have learned sin, iniquity and transgression for everything. They now blame iniquity. Nobody, <laughs> no, GTC, nobody takes responsibility. It is the iniquity. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the thing is that we know Jesus healed him of his physical blindness which set the cat among the pigeons. The problem was that day was Sabbath. You see how the law hardens, blinds you this thing. Okay. Jesus healed a man born blind on a Sabbath day and every Pharisee is upset. They tried all kind of things with him. Finally, they got so upset and they threw him out of the synagogue, which is a terrible thing. If you are living in a Jewish community or a completely Christian village, imagine, let's put in our, let us say, Deepika lives in a Christian village, small village with 3000 people. All are Christians and she is excommunicated. How do you live there? How do you live there? It's impossible. He's been excommunicated. John 9.35 says this. Okay, I'm not teaching that parable. Okay, but Jesus heard they had cast him out. Okay, so please don't worry. If you believe something that is true and you are cast out of your friendship group or any kind of group, Jesus will hear. These things are okay. When you are very friendly with the world, he knows. He lives you alone. When you are cast out, he knows. He finds you. He finds you. Okay, he finds. You. Please understand that we didn't find him. We didn't find him. He found us. He found us. Okay, he found us. Okay. Now this man, Jesus, found this man, and he said to him, "Do you believe in the Son of God?" Okay. Now, if you go to chapter nine, verse ten and eleven. Nine, 10, and eleven. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus named made clay, anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go to the pool of Shalom, Siloam, and wash. Lo I went, so I went, washed, I received my sight. So salvation is in it happens in stages. First you hear about a man called Jesus. Okay. Then you experience something in verse sixteen and seventeen. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. The law is come there. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Christ always brings a division. Okay? And then he brings peace. Verse 17. They said to the blind man, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes, he said, he is a prophet. So now from from man, he become prophet. Now Jesus comes and asks this question. Do you believe in the Son of God? Okay. Believe in the Son of God. Okay. Verse 35. And then when you come to verse 38. Verse 38. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Okay. Worshipped him. This is how it happens. Okay. Some people, it's very easy. Okay. Some people go through stages. But you believe he's a man, doesn't save you. You believe he's a teacher, it does not save you. You believe he's a prophet, it does not save you. You have to believe he's the Son of God, the Savior. That is what will save you. Okay, so be very careful how far you have believed. Okay, how far. Then in verse 39, Jesus makes a statement, which seems to contradict what he has said earlier. Yeah. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Hmm? Did you come for judgment? I thought in John 3.17 you said you came not to judge. right? For God so loved the world. His For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, did you see? But he says, I have come to judge the world. In 39, he says, for judgment I have come. Hmm? For judgment I have come into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be blind. We don't realize the preaching of the gospel automatically judges. It divides humanity into two groups, those who see and who do not see. That's why Jesus said, the word you heard will judge you. When you hear about Jesus, Everybody who hears about Jesus, they do not realize that they have already been judged between those who are condemned and those who are not condemned. That's what he means. He says, "Our, gospel, our remember yesterday, Pastor Vijay again used Matthew 24 and the sign. He said, this gospel shall be preached as a witness to the ends of the world and then sh- the end shall be. So when the gospel is preached, it is entirely centered on Jesus. Who is he? What did he do? That is the gospel. And as soon as the gospel is preached, judgment has taken place. Either you are blind or you see. Either you are blind or you see. The gospel is light. Gospel is light. Light means your eyes can see. Okay, if there is no light, we cannot see. We cannot see. So, gospel is the light. So, if you are not able to see, like last evening we were talking, Hepsime and I were talking, and I was talking to her about how the gospel is so simple. Like we prepare for everything in life and there is no guarantee. You are all studying, but there is no guarantee you will get a good job. There is no guarantee in this world you will get a good job. Okay, And then you get a job, there is no guarantee you will finish that job. You get married. There is no guarantee your marriage will succeed. You have children. There is no guarantee the children will do well. There is no guarantees in life except one. You will die. That is guaranteed. Yet nobody pays attention to that one guarantee. If I die, where do I go? That is the only thing sure in this life. It is appointed unto every man to die. So if you spend so much time and energy and resources on all those unguaranteed things, why is that man does not think and spend? That is how people in every faith have discovered Christ. Because they realize their religion does not give an answer. An answer that satisfies the soul. Because they talk about migration of soul, you keep on. If migration of soul is true, then I should remember something about my previous birth not to make the same mistake, or I could become worse. So logic will say there is something wrong with this migration of souls. Because if I am now today a pastor, then next birth I should be a bishop. (laughs) Right? Because you are trying to get better. Okay? Try to get better. But what happens if I have next life? I become an unbeliever, not even later. So the only possibility of me rising higher is that I know the previous birth's mistakes. I don't repeat that, and I try to do better. But that is not right okay. So you need to understand. You need to understand. The logical. This is simple logic. Simple logic. People need to ask. Okay. So. Then you have monotheistic religions. Three are there. Uh, uh, the oldest one being Judaism. Okay, Judaism. The Jew and the Muslim. And then there is the Christian. Okay. The Jew should ask this question. How long should we kill this Passover lamb? It's only valid for one year. One no, year, one year, one year, one year, one year, one year. Atonement is only for one year. How long will this go on? What if we run out of lambs and books?
1: Hmm? How long?
0: Then there is a Muslim. Okay, I have a Muslim big leaders from Muslim, real scholars from Muslim sit in my house and discuss. Big guys. Okay, when it comes to Genesis twenty-two, they will say it is Ishmael. It is Ishmael. Okay, let it be Ishmael. The question is, did Ishmael die? No. What happened? There was a substitute. Did you ask why there is a substitute? So year after year after year after all the goats are being killed, you are not asking what is behind this. Okay, you are not asking. So you need to ask this question of all the gods in the world. Why do these people worship a strange god who is hanging on this tree? Why is he so strange and he's not like anybody else? You should ask questions. And the Jews say he is the Passover Lamb. And then you should look okay, at Passover Lamb, Passover Lamb, Passover Lamb. And if he is the Passover Lamb and then sacrifices stop, then this makes sense. Then Bakre makes sense. You don't have to kill the goats because it was talking about something else. But people don't ask questions about the most important certainty of life, which is called death. So what does it mean? They are blind. They are blind.
1: So the gospel
0: is an eye-opener. And if your eyes are not opened, you are already judged. You are already judged. You are in the realm of darkness. This is how it works. This is how it works. Okay. So the recognition of a problem is half the solution. Half the solution. Okay, you have to recognize. That's what Jesus is saying in John 9.40. He says, first you have to recognize the problem. Okay, if you don't recognize the problem, how can you have a solution? Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said, are we also blind? He says, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. He says, if you said you are blind, then I can open your eyes. But you say you see then how can I open your eyes? Pastor Vijay is common Malayalam, very famous Malayalam, Manasalaya. Manasalaya. Okay, We have a saying in Manasalaya, in Malayalam, if I say you will not get ahead and tell Manasalaya, 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 which means if you say, I understand, I understand, without understanding, if you say you understand, what you understood also, you will not understand. <laughs> Meaning just don't sit there and say, I understand, I understand. That is why you have to ask questions. When Pastor Vijay and we and all talk, we talk about why is the Judeo-Christian religion spear wherever has like shot in what you call civilizational aspects. Why is almost everything that we enjoy today has come from this Judeo-Christian civilization? From electricity to every gadget we are using has come from them. Why? Because that is the only two religions that allows you to ask questions. It allows you to ask questions. It allows you to ask questions. Because the Bible begins with God asking questions. God asks. So don't just sit there and say, understand. You should sit with your word and tell, Father, I don't understand. Speak to me. Teach me. Teach me, then only we will understand. If you say you see, then what can I say, Jesus is saying? If you say you are blind, I can open your eyes. Because you say, your sin remains. What is the sin? The sin of being blind, darkness. If you were blind, if you said, I am blind, then I can, then there is, I can open your eyes. I can open your eyes. Okay. So this is where we should go to Psalm 119 and verse 130. One one nine and one. Okay, the entrance of your word. Okay, the entrance of your word brings light. The entrance of your word brings. Yeah, can I have it up? One one nine one three zero. Okay, I mean it's like if you are like if you have a rooms like this thick curtains. Okay, absolutely. Thick curtains, even in daytime, it will look dark. But if you separate the curtain, the light, little light will come in. And you will start seeing what is there in the room. So the Bible says, the entrance of your words is so." Sort of, you have to allow God's word to enter into your heart. Then you will start seeing things. Start seeing things. Okay. Otherwise you will not see, you have to allow it to enter. Like I said, you don't see with your eyes, you don't see with your mind, you don't hear with your ears. It all begins with the heart, begins with the heart. Jesus said, their hearts have grown dull, therefore their eyes don't see or their ears hear. Okay, that is why one of the reasons we keep telling people, stay off media. Because media makes your heart grow dull to what God is saying. It makes your heart... The enemy is very smart. He knows this is how the system works. That is why if you look at every man of God in the Bible, he was led into the wilderness to shut the voices off. Every. Finally, he led a whole nation into the wilderness, but the problem was their hearts were full of the sounds of Egypt, the sounds and the sights of Egypt. Therefore, they could not enter into the promised land because they were hearing the authentic Rima word of God through an anointed servant called Moses, but it didn't enter their hearts. So the Bible warns us in Hebrews 3, the danger of an unbelieving heart you should stay away. You will not, I mean, I wish one day I can become like Smith Wigglesworth, where he wouldn't even allow a man to come in if he had a newspaper in his hand. He says, I don't want to know the news. I don't want to know anything because he says, I hear. That's enough for my life. I hear. I don't want to know. I will not allow anything to mess with my mind. I know what I am called to do and all I need to hear is what God has said. Okay, but that's a different kind of a very prophetic calling. But what I'm saying is that at some level, we need to tune off. Tune off. Otherwise, what will happen? We will not see. In Psalm 119 and verse 105, the Bible says, you know, your word, these are all well-known, thy word. Okay, no, no, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Okay, you need to understand that is how it goes. Okay, that's how it goes. Okay, okay, we'll go, we'll go on. So we will realize in stages, okay, but we have to progress in the stages. Jesus the man, Jesus the prophet, son of God, the messiah. Okay? In Matthew, chapter 15 and verses 12 to 14. We need to understand. It's a very terrible things, Terrible thing he says. Okay, scary. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Verse, next verse. Let them alone. Imagine God saying to you or to me, leave him alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. alone." They are blind leaders of the blind. If the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Just leave them alone. Leave them alone. Okay, So, blindness is not an option in the kingdom of God. It is not an option. It is not an option. So in John chapter 4 and verse 9, chapter 9, the woman of Samaria said to him, how is that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Verse 11, Yeah, verse 11. The woman said to him, sir, now verse 18 and 19, for you had five husbands, and the one whom you now has not your husband, in that you spoke truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. When it comes to 26, 25-26, the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Then when he comes to 28 and 29, Woman left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the man, Come see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? She began with you, went to sir, went to prophet, went to messiah. To messiah. Okay. Her eyes are opening. Her eyes are opening. But if you go to the previous chapter, verse three, chapter three and verse two. Okay. Three. The man came to Jesus by night and called him Rabbi, which means teacher. Okay, He begins with teacher, ends with teacher, and goes into the darkness. He does not progress. He does not progress. Because you only know, has Jesus as a teacher, you will still stay in the darkness. Jesus is not a teacher. He becomes a teacher only after he is a Messiah. So he only teaches, if you look at yesterday's message, privately, the disciples. To the others, he speaks to them in parables. Because to the disciples, he's a teacher. Because they have known him as Messiah. Please understand these things, because these things are very, very important. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and powerful sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. For no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked, open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. What does it mean? It means the word of God is prophetic. What does a prophet do? He exposes, he shows, he shows things from the past. Okay, from the past, okay, when you talk, I about mean, that's not today's topic or it's a different thing, but if you look at sight, you know, sight is sight, you know, we have four kinds of sights, we should have four kinds of sight, okay, we need to have what is called hindsight, okay, you need to have hindsight, only when you're hindsight, if you're a believer, if you have hindsight, you will realize so many things that happened in your life, which was bad, was actually good, God was working, that is called hindsight, you learn from hindsight, you need to have foresight, okay when you study the word of God or any topic you need to have insight okay but above all you need to have oversight. you need to know that the eyes we are never hidden from the eyes of you you have oversight everywhere you have oversight. Joseph had oversight though he had hindsight, he had foresight and he had insight because first and foremost he had oversight. Oversight, and if you do not have oversight, all these other three will fail. So that when we talk about surrendered, 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 the reason is come under oversight so that you can have hindsight and foresight and insight. Okay, so you will realize this is where people struggle. Our problem is with our heart. Problem is because we see with our heart. Okay, in Mark chapter seven. Verses twenty-one to twenty-three. Okay, Jesus talks about this. For from within, from within, not outside, from from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. How many? Thirteen. That is what Abraham's father, Terah. Until Tehra dies, he cannot end, see and enter into the promised land. Okay, this works only well in North India, okay. Okay, that is Tehra Okay, so out of the heart comes, all these things come from the heart. Okay, you have to be very careful out of the heart. That's why the Bible says, check your heart, check your heart, check your heart, watch your heart, keep your heart with all diligence. Okay. Genesis 21 verse 19. Genesis 21 and verse 19. Then God opened her eyes. Why is God opening her eyes? Because she's heart is full of grief. The Bible says there is a sorrow that leads to death. When your heart is overwhelmed by grief, you cannot see. Even if your breakthrough is right there before you. You Cannot see. Because remember, you don't see with your eyes, you see with your heart. You see with your heart. She's right there. Water is right there, but she's not able to see. We don't know what emotions are going in her mind. Anger and sorrow and we don't know. It's the whole thing. And people are not able to see. Not able to see. Why? Because out of the heart proceeds all these things. Okay, yes, she has been, She. I mean, yes, she has been, she and her son has been cast out. And that anger has come down thousands of years till now. Okay, but she has forgotten something. What she forgot was what God had spoken to her a few years ago. See, this is what happens. We forget what God has said. Then when we are with crisis, we are either grieving or angry, upset, because we forgot what God said. He had told her about the baby in her womb. He had already prophesied what this baby is going to be. Therefore, now you are thrown out by your uh, husband or whatever you want to call Abraham. But it still doesn't matter. You have a promise. The Bible talks in Hebrews chapter 11, it is by faith people obtain promises. We always say the power of an unfulfilled promise stands there. She's got the, she's got such a powerful promise. If you look at what God tells her in Genesis six, it's a very powerful promise. She just has to stand on it, but she's so full of grief and anger and bitterness. We don't know what she's full of. Whatever it is, she's not able to see because her heart is messed up so we have to be very very careful about our heart because the problem is if you don't see we won't hear and ultimately we end up speaking with our heart and our words will determin- determine our destiny because we are not seeing what god has for us god has for us okay we are not able to see you need to realize both job Righteous man and Jeremiah in their own situations will open up their mouths and curse themselves. Curse the day they were born. Jeremiah curses. Job curses. Why? Because their heart is overwhelmed. Heart is overwhelmed. So God says about your heart, be very, very careful about your heart. If you come to Ruth and chapter 1 and verse 20, She said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt you very bitterly with me. She's not able to see anything. She's not, when we see the end of the story, we look at it and say, oh. she didn't see anything. She couldn't see anything, because her heart was so bitter. Out of the heart proceeds everything. She couldn't see anything. The good Hand of God was upon her life. We have to think about if somebody went and goofed up for 10 years and come back, she's the prodigal daughter. She's the prodigal. She went and goofed up everything and lost her inheritance, her husband, her sons, everything. God is very kind and merciful to her and is working out the plan of redemption which she's not able to see. Why is she not able to see? Because she is bitter. That's why the Bible warns us in the book of Hebrews about a root of bitterness. So we have to be very, very careful because what bitterness? This is how the enemy does his work. He fills people's heart, but of course we choose to fill, but he will do everything to fill our hearts with these things so that we do not see. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 5, 6, and 7, Five, six, and seven. David's anger was greatly aroused against that man, and he said to Nathan, "As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. He should have died. Thank God, God showed mercy. He didn't go by his own words. He shall restore fourfold for the lamb, because he did this thing and because he had no pity." And Nathan said to David, "You are that man. Why was David not able to see? Because nine Months, his nine months or more, his entire life was full of deception. So he couldn't see. He couldn't see that he was that man. <laughs> right here, he's, he's, he's the sweet psalmist of uh, this thing, you no? Know? And God is using his own kind of illustration. Solomon didn't understand about sheep and shepherd. We can, and how can David not understand? What is the whole illustration? It's about a sheepfold and a sheep and a lamb and he didn't see. How could David not see? If Pastor Vijay makes a mistake of 4 plus 4 is 9, what will we say? If I make, we'll say, Pastor always says he doesn't like math. But Pastor Vijay is in love with math. How can he say 4 plus 4 is 9? How can David not understand this variable? Why? Because his heart is filled with something else. Therefore, he cannot see. He cannot see. Okay? We heard about deception yesterday. You know how will people will get deceived? Because their hearts are filled with something else. We will not see. We will not see. Lord did not see. Remember. Okay. So we saw Matthew 7 and verse 22. This is the Terah. Oh sorry, Mark. Mark. Not Matthew. Mark. Thefts. And then what? Covetousness. Covetousness. Luke twelve
1: verse
0: fifteen. Okay. We are going all over the gospels. And he said to them, Take heed and behave beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Okay, do you know the most, the most uh, disappointed set of people are the ones who will be caught in rapture and realize how many things they still had they should have given away? Okay. Take heed and beware of covetousness. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. 3-1 and talks if you have been raised with Christ Jesus and all that. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, all that we understand. And covetousness which is idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry. 1 Thessalonians 2-5. Remember it comes from the heart. For neither at any time did we use flattering words as you know nor a clock for Covetousness, God is a witness. Why does it most? I'm not, I'm not Who am I to say most? Many pastors, why don't they preach the truth? Because they are scared to preach the truth because they think they will lose money. So they use very flattering words about their congregation. They just flatter them. Grieve prophecies which will be make Modi jealous. But it is just a cover up for couches. What do they want? They want the offering bag to ring. Okay, ring. Do you know there are churches in this city where you have a bell under the pulpit where a visiting pastor has been told, you can only preach this much message, the rest all has to be about giving and if he goes off thing, they will send that ring and he will know, okay, I have to start preaching on money. Hebrews thirteen five. Let your conduct be without conduct here means life, life. Okay, conduct here, conversation or OK, KJV means life. Okay, let your life be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself said, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." Live your life without. Covetousness. Now, Peter in 2 Peter 3, 5. Oh, okay, okay, that's not, we did not use it as a clock of covetousness. He talks about preaching. Anyway, it's okay, it's the same thing, okay? So we have to be very, very careful because if you have, if you are covetous, then you need dub, what do you call dubbo? You need dubbo that is the problem because covetousness means you desire something if you desire something, I need the power I need the power to acquire it, okay power to acquire it. So what do you do? You earn money, and I will tell you how subtly this covetousness psychology of covetousness psych- uh, is tapped by pastors. They will look at the congregation and knows everyone covets so they, okay. <laughs> so they, so they will say, brother. The Lord wants to bless you. The Lord wants to give you. Okay? The Lord wants to give you. The God wants you to press down. So now you give, it shall be given unto you. Okay? And then suddenly one prophetic utterance will come. There are five people in this congregation the Lord is saying is going to give 5,000 rupees today. The problem is instead of 5,50 you give. Because everyone wants to be the one of that five. Because if you give 5,000, the Lord is saying within 10 days you are going to get 50,000. Honestly, this is what happens. Honestly, all the big ministry, major ministries in US, when they send these letters, the letter will say, the Lord spoke to us, 500 people is going to put a seed of 500, but they will send it to 5 lakh. The question if it's 500, you should know which 500. <laughs> how can God tell you half? When Jesus told Peter, oh, we have to pay taxes. Peter, take your net. You will have a multitude. Cut everyone and see. One will have a coin. Did he say that? He didn't say that. He first said, one. first one. Put your net. Don't waste time. My father doesn't waste time like that. He's saying put your line in. First fish, open it. There will be enough for you and me. You see how precise God is? Okay, so you need to realize, so you, <laughs> you, you have in Sanskrit, no? Just, uh, just as the king is, so is the people, just as the, Yadha raja. Yadha raja. Tadha praja. so you can't, you can't blame the pastor? He is whatever What about the people?
1: He is every
0: type, let us say for Three Sundays he preaches this, nobody puts anything. His heart will be rent into repentance. God is speaking to me. You are covetous, they are not. These are the sanctified people, they desire is nothing. Then he will be convicted, right? No? Okay. So you need, they use scripture. Okay. They so use selective scripture. So you need to realize this is where this thing comes. Okay. Like I said, money, money. It's a, It's sunny. It's a rich man's world. Okay? It's a rich man's world. So, you need to understand how powerful this is. Mm. So powerful. That is why Jesus made this statement. Remember Lord's wife. Why did he say, you couldn't be closer to salvation in life, in actual life, than Lord's wife? Her husband entered Zohar. She was just probably a couple of steps behind. Zohar is a city of safety. He said, okay, I will not destroy it for your sake. He entered Zohar. She looked back and she was gone. She was gone. Just gone. Okay, just gone. It is just like the thief who went to hell. One went to hell other went to paradise. He was so close. You couldn't get closer in your last moments than to the Savior on your, He is here, the Savior is here. You can't, what a chance you have. And yet He went to hell. How close can you get to the Savior? Because after a few moments, the Savior is not going to speak. You are blessed to hear His last words. When you heard him telling the other man, today you shall be in paradise, you still didn't know. Why? Because your heart is dull of hearing. What this man saw, what did he see? How can you see a naked man hanging over there, bleeding, and see a king and a kingdom? You see with your heart. He saw something there. Not with his eyes. He saw something there. He saw something there. That's why we have to be very, very careful because how blinded you can be. Numbers chapter 22, 27 to 31. Hmm? When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. See, why are these things? God could have done in so many ways. No, He didn't have to do all this. He's doing it all for our sake. Remember, everything in scripture was written for us because it's not written for the Jews. All this makes no difference to the Jew. Because he can't see. Hmm? Try to put a blanket over your face and try to read your book. You can't read your book. You don't see anything. So these were all written for us. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. What an indictment. Donkey saw the angel of the Lord. (laughs) She lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused and he struck the donkey with his staff. The Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. First he opened his eyes. I think the donkey had a very good heart, okay? <laughs> he opened his eyes. He opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said to Balaam, what I have I done to you that you have struck me these three times. How <laughs> can you not see these things? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden? God <laughs> this this day. Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And He said, No. <laughs> then, then,
1: the Lord opened Balaam's
0: eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. The question is, why didn't he see what the donkey saw? Because he saw. Was this covetousness? The heart was taken over by covetousness. So the New Covenant will say he was rebuked by a donkey. God used a dumb animal, a donkey, to rebuke. Okay, were you rebuked this morning? <laughs> Not now. Did you? Were you rebuked this morning? When you were lying in your bed, I heard. Did you hear the birds singing? Did you wake up and praise God? Were you rebuked by dumb animals? They were praising God. You know, Jesus used illustrations of birds. He says, your father, not their father, your father, not even one falls to the ground without your father knowing. Did we praise? Even if we woke up a little late, did we praise? Did we thank God? They are thanking Do they have retirement benefits? Do they have storehouses? Do they have any guarantees in life? Nothing. They thank God. They sing. They sing. So God is, that is what the Bible is saying. The whole of creation is revealing the glory of God. When they said, tell them to shut up, He says, if they shut up, they shut up. He said, the rocks will sing. Okay, so we need to understand. Am I am I worse than Balaam's donkey? Mm-hmm. He saw, he spoke. He spoke. Okay. Then you go to 2 Kings chapter 6, another hero. These are all servants of God. Okay. He's a seer. <laughs> Balaam is a seer. <laughs> I don't know what he was seeing. Second Kings chapter 6, 14 to 17.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: five, five, not six. Let us go to first, uh, five, five, uh, five, twenty to twenty-seven. 20, 20, 20, twenty. Second Kings, five, twenty. Then, so we, we know the story, okay? The Syrian came. He was a little proud, so he couldn't see he couldn't see but he had one thing he listened to a servant he said if you had asked something difficult you have done this when something so simple was told why didn't you do so he went and dipped himself seven times he was healed he was grateful and he wanted to go back he offered a gift prophet said no but there was another guy the prophet's servant mr gahasi the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has not spared Naman this Syrian. Did you see that? Has spared Naman. Meaning, if it was me, I wouldn't have spared him. If you offered me two, I would ask for four. <laughs> I would not have spared. <laughs> 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 you, script, you think scripture is not funny? God doesn't have a sense of humor. That's why the Bible says, God sits in heaven and laughs you would have spared the man this area while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord loves, I will run after it and takes, I still remember, I didn't understand full, but I understood after the previous Tuesdays Pastor's Conference, Pastor Dravesh came and said, I running. <laughs> And <laughs> Pastor Ravit with his walking
1: stick <laughs> trying to pretend
0: how Gazi was running after Naman for gold. No, you don't know how people run. You talk about everybody wants to go to US and SFO in California. You don't know California was created because of gold rush. One or two people found and said there is gold. Towns automatically sprang because hundred thousands came digging for gold. <laughs> they found no gold, but at least they built a city. <laughs> okay, so you need to realize what gold does, okay? Look, my master, I will run after him, take something from him. So Ghasi pursued Naman. When Naman so you have to remember, Naman is going in a chariot. How fast did Ghasi run? <laughs> 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 it's a different anointing okay. <laughs> this pursuit of gold also gives wings okay <laughs> And he stopped and he got is all well? He said, all is well. My master has sent me saying, indeed, just now two young men, the sons of prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please, so he's, while he's running, he's already planning out what he has to say. <laughs> story has to be very, very good. Now he's already conceived the story. He's a very good, good storyteller. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment. And he says, please take two talents and, and two talents of silver into it, Two changes of garments and handed them to his servants. They carried them on ahead of them. When he came to the citadel, he took them from their hand and stored them away in the house, and he let the men go. He didn't let them come inside the <laughs> command. Elisha will see, you know. So he hid them, and then he said, "You can go, you can go." Okay, rest I will carry. You can see people do all. Okay, we all did this. Okay, all this the he with pulling our parents from something before we entered the house. We did some. <laughs> we didn't realize Gahasi was in us. Okay, it somewhere, and then we came in inside as if everything is okay. okay. So we all do this in small, small ways, okay? Small, small ways. Father or mother says you to buy something, you buy chocolate out the way, but you hide it somewhere and said I lost the money. <laughs> <laughs> and they will say nothing, but you've already like Ghazi, heated it somewhere, and <laughs> when they are this thing, you go outside and pick it. So don't blame Ghazi, there's a Ghazi in everyone, okay? Only thing, if <laughs> you don't get silver, otherwise you could <laughs> run faster than him. <laughs> so he said to him, where did you go, Ghazi? He said, your servant did not go anywhere. He said, real? You didn't go anywhere? Now did he say, I heard you running. My eyes saw you. He says, no, my heart. My heart. He didn't say my eyes. He didn't say my ears. He says, My heart. My heart. My heart, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money, to receive clothing, olive groves, vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Therefore the leprosy of Naman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous as white as no. They said, he's right like that, but he continued serving. Uh, Elisha. You'll see him later at the king's, this thing with the Shunammite woman and all that. Now if you go to chapter 2, in the next chapter, chapter 6, verse 14 and 17. <coughs> 14 and 17. Therefore his son, this is the king of Aram. He tries everything, uh, he cannot catch the king of Israel because Elisha forewarns him. Okay. He for once he is able to see. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. They came by night and surrounded the city. Elish, okay. The next verse, yeah, yeah, yeah fifteen, the whole thing. Okay. When the servant of the man of God arose early, they said, "This is Gehazi." Okay. Went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, "Alas, my master, what shall we do?" So he answered, "Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them." Okay. And Elisha prayed and said, "Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see." Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. The question is, why did the servant not see? Like I said. On pastor's conference, if you were visible and your heart was there and your eyes and ears could hear and see, I said when gold comes in, God goes out. You cannot have both in your heart and the issue is gold. Okay. So Ghazi couldn't see. She couldn't see. Elisha could see. Elisha could see. Okay. So we have to be very careful. Why are we not able to see? Why are we not able to see what is our issue? Okay, so the issue is this: we are called to walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, we know the reference Second Corinthians five seven. We don't have to go there. And Second Corinthians four eighteen says that so the things that we see are temporal, but the things that we do not see are eternal. The question is: with your heart, can you see eternal things? Because faith actually looks into the eternal. Faith looks into the eternal. Faith does not look at the temporal first. It's looking at the eternal. And that is our issue. Our issue. Our issue is with our heart. And the heart should have two things. One, it should be full of faith. It should grow in faith. that one day it doesn't become full of faith. It should grow in faith. And it should grow in love for God. Love for God. Not love for man. It is not possible for you to love, grow in love for man capacity. God, yes, because men are evil, imperfect, all those things. So it is, <coughs> it is not the, the greatest commandment. These two things. And that's what God promises. I will circumcise your heart that you will love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. The heart is full of love for God. And second, the hearing, hearing, trials, testing, all that, patience. And you come to that point where James says, you lack nothing. I mean, your heart is full of faith. Full of faith and full of love. What happens is, you are able to see. You are able to see now. You are able to see. Otherwise, you will not see. You will not see. Okay? Because, it begins first, if you don't have faith, please understand, it's a starting point. John 3, three says, if you must be born from above, if you are not born from above, if you are not born, I should unless one is born again, you cannot see. So, when you hear about Jesus, the Pharisees wouldn't accept Jesus, they rejected Jesus, they couldn't see the kingdom. Every sermon is talking about the kingdom. Every sign, miracle is doing, is attesting to the fact the kingdom is a kingdom of power, but they are not able to see. So instead they call him Beelzebub and he's doing with demonic, everything they are not able to see. Why? Because they are not able to believe in him. So once we believe in Jesus, we are able to see. It's the beginning, the starting, the first gift of faith God gives us. After that, we should be able to see Jesus in everything. In everything. We are able to bring Jesus into every aspect of our life. Otherwise, what will happen, we will not see. Remember the famous line of Jesus when he talks to Martha and Mary in Luke 11 and John 11 and verse 40. When he says, remove the stone and they say he's there for four days, he must be stinking. He says, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So the thing is that glory of God means our understanding of God, our perception of God is entirely dependent upon how much we believe. In any situation, how much we believe, how much we love him and how much we believe. It's entirely dependent. And that is the purpose of the hearing of the word of God. The purpose of the hearing of God is that we will learn to trust him. And God will say, I will teach you. You can trust me. So one, we have this entire spectrum of people from righteous, able, down to every man in the Bible, down to Revelation, John. And then you have your own personal testing center. Why is he testing? What is being tested? Faith is being tested. Love is being tested. These two things are being tested. If you're very strong in faith, still God may test, do you really love me? I believe, Lord, I have no insufficiency. I've got everything in my life. I'm very content with everything that I have. Really? Yes, Lord. Then will you give it up for me? Like I told you the illustration on Friday, the gentleman who gave the testimony, he says, when I came to U.S. as a migrant, he said, I had only one dollar. I went to the church and I heard this sermon and there was an altar call to give. And I remember I put that one dollar all I had into the offering bag. And today I'm a millionaire. And the Lord made me a millionaire, he said, because on your altar call you gave everything you had. And then everybody clapped at this thing. And everybody, when they hear millions, everybody gets excited. (laughs) Then an old lady said, now do what you did in the beginning give all your millions. You won't. It's easier to give one dollar than a million. That is the issue. So when you are complete in faith, you will test your love. Do you love me? That's the only question he asks. Okay, you left everything, Peter. You left everything and you followed me. Then you went back to fishing. I'm going to need to ask one question. Your faith did not fail. You're back. Okay, you're back. My question is this. Do you love me? More than all this. It's not that, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me more than all this? That's a question. Okay? Because if you believe and if you love, we shall see. We know about Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 9, and his own testimony about how he was in the book of Philippians. Zeal, when it comes to zeal, when it comes to the law, he was blameless. But... Big whale is over his face, he cannot see. So in 9 chapter 1, on uh, chapter 9, verse 1 onwards, what you will see is Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest. He can't see. Okay, high priest and then ask letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found anywhere off the way, whether men or women, you need to understand this is a merciless man. Okay, but very zealous for the law. He might bring them bound to Jerusalem. See, the Romans did not interfere in any of these things. They said, you do whatever you want. Don't create trouble for us. Okay, so Romans won't interfere. They will lie in those prisons, though, whatever Judaic prisons they had, and they will lie and rot there until they recant. This is his intention. As he journeyed, he came to Damascus, suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. He, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city. You will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then, Saul arose from the ground, but when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. Okay, like I said, your eyes can be opened. The question is, do you see? He couldn't see. They led him into the hand, brought him into Damascus, and he was there three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. But in verse 17 and 18, God will send his servant called Ananias to him. Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. He received his sight. At once he arose and was baptized. Did you see? He saw. It was not that his eyes were opened. He saw. The first thing he did is that he yes, hasn't eaten for three days. I want to get baptized. His heart saw something. You heard about baptism yesterday. The first thing he was that, I'm dying to the law. I was sealous for the law. I was blameless according to the law. I was fighting for the law. Today, I die to the law. First, it is not an easy for a man like that because his law was his entire life. He said, I die to the law. Why? Because he could see. Not because his eyes were open. He could see. And then, in 26 and verse 19, Proverbs, Proverbs twenty. Uh, sorry, Acts twenty six nineteen, and then Proverbs twenty nine. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So you need to understand, he not only could see, he also received a vision. Now he's talking as an old man. Years have passed by. He says, I have never been. Being disobedient to the heavenly vision. Proverbs 29 verse 18. Oh sorry, 18. 29, 18. Okay. Where there is no revelation, which means vision. Okay, where there is no revelation, vision. The people cast off restraint. Cast off restraint meaning, you know what? Where there is no vision, people perish. First thing what we receive from God is that whenever we receive faith, we see this capacity to see. But that is not enough, because a lot of Christians sitting in the kingdom of God see, but they have no vision. They have no vision. They have no vision. Therefore, they do not have purpose. The worst thing in the world is not to see. The second worst thing is to see and not have vision. People in the world who do not see have vision, but it's a very temporal vision. We who see should be having an eternal vision. So when you don't have a vision, you end up doing whatever you want to do. People perish. You know? You know Helen Keller? Yeah? The one who made Braille? She was blind? Braille, okay. She was once asked, uh, what's the worst what is worse than not able to see? She says the only thing that is worse than not able to see is to have sight without vision sight without
1: vision
0: sight without vision because vision is what gives the believer purpose so if believers have sight but they don't have vision you know what happens we go just like the world just like the world it's equal to being blind in Matthew 6 and verse 22 Jesus said Your eye, right? The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. The problem is, this world is shaped by mammon. Have you read the Greek myth called, the king called Midas, from which you have the Midas touch? He was gold-crazy. Gold crazy. So he asked for a boon, and he got this boon: whatever he touches will be gold. But the problem is, whatever he touched became gold. The food he wanted to became gold. The water became gold. Then he touched his daughter; she became gold. Everything became gold. He was absolutely blinded by gold, money, gold, whatever it is. Gold. Revelation chapter three, verse seventeen and eighteen. Yeah. Because thou says, I am rich, increase with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not. You do not know your actual situation. You have no spiritual sight. That you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich, white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. So do you know what was their problem? They became blind. That was their problem. What blinded them? Riches blinded them. Riches blinded them. That was the problem. They were blinded by riches that they said, we need nothing. And God sees, you are not able to see your real condition. That is why I said this issue with money. You don't know how subtle it is that it slowly replaces God in our life. We, our prayer life changes, our word life changes, our listening changes, our songs changes, our worship changes. All this, our attention changes. There are two things I still remember in my life where I made a decision. You see, people do not realize that I can sing well, but I don't sing. Because I gave most of my, I haven't sung in 33 years. Before that, if you heard me sing. You know, if you go on Google, YouTube, you will see a lady called Dichen Pam. She's now in her 50s. She's Bhutan's number one singer. And she was my student. And both of us in the basketball court, used to sing Hindi songs, the duets. But I had a choice. Either I would sing, or I wouldn't sing. So I stopped singing. And then my voice went... Okay, because even when I wanted to sing, even now on the road coming here, I will sing worship and Hindi, worship and Hindi songs together. That's why I don't sing. So I whistle. Second thing was my reading. Read fiction, fiction, everything except the word of God, and one day I just switched. Like I told you last time, in the last 23 years, I have read only one fiction that is from the world. 23 years. You have to make these choices, because if you don't make these choices, okay, you will realize these things will take you down, will take you down. Even today I struggle with songs. That's why the barber comes home, I don't go to a barber shop, because you go to a barber shop, there are songs. Before you know the whole day I will be singing that song, if it's one from 1990, before 1990. Okay. If I go in a cab, the first thing I will tell him is put the music (coughs) off. Switch off the music. No. When I get into my old days, when I used to get into the car, now Sajid has taken me somewhere. I get into the car and Sajid is sitting there and he's listening to FM song. The next thing Sajid and I are singing the songs and telling him all about the song. Because he links to old songs and I know every, you didn't know every Antakshri competition I won. I knew every song. But I don't sing you don't sing at all i don't sing at all because you knew you do not want to go that route again you don't want to go that route again because your heart is deceitful above all things it's so subtle if you don't because you know that your strongholds you loved these things and the fact is that you still love those things okay it's not that you don't love those things but how do you conquer one love with Another love. That's the only way you can. Okay, It has. Because fundamentally, inherently, these things are not bad. See, I don't sing any of the crazy. See, that if you understand, I am the one who introduced Domain to most people. Even Pastor Sharon didn't know there was Domain in the US when she came. The reason is domain songs are soft like the Hindi songs which I liked. Anything without dum tom tongue, I never listened to them because I was used to soft lyrics of Hindi songs. So, if there was any English song, secular or otherwise, I liked, they were all similar to the Hindi ones. Okay? Hindi ones. Okay? So, you need to realize, we all have our strongholds, and it is not in our mind. It is in our heart. And something touches our heart, it immediately, our memory bank will open, and it will all come out. (laughs) It will come out. So, it is not our mind, it is our heart. And the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, triggers, yeah. And the most powerful like I said, you can overcome all I always you see you are all children, but when I talk to pastors I tell them, I said you look through the Bible. Said there is uh, Balaam there is Gahasi, there is Judas. There are people like that. No, God could deliver people from everything. It was so Difficult to deliver them from the power of money. Power of money. And I like the Telugu word, Dabbu. <laughs> okay. Now, what the devil does it? Anybody who loves Dabbu, he puts them in a Dabba and seals them. Gone they are. I mean, you think about people like Judas. Okay, they will say prophecy was their son of perdition, but he didn't have to be that one. There were so many disciples. Any one of them could have been that. How could he walk with Jesus, one of the chosen twelve? How could he walk with Jesus under that, under that anointing? Yet, that covetousness was never broken in his heart. How is it possible? So, God says over there, the problem is, you became blind. Your issue is blind. The cause is that they are not physically blind. What caused the blindness? This gold that caused the blindness. And verse 20, you know, be related. You know, I stand at the door of the heart and know what happened when gold came in. God went out. God went out. God went out. Okay, God went out. That is the test for Abraham. Final test before you can be approved as the father of faith and friend of God. Take your son, your only son. Offer him as a sacrifice. Because you are an old man. When you are an old man and you got only one child, all your money goes to him. No. That's what David did. He collected everything and gave it to Solomon. You don't work. I love you too much. Okay. You do it. I'll collect it all. Okay. That is his son. He said, put him on the altar. And he's proved friend of God. Okay. So we have to be very, very, that's what I said. Don't just have sight. Have vision. Have vision. Okay, you should always ask these difficult questions. Why am I doing the things I do? Why am I doing this? No? Why am I doing this? No, because the substitute to money, it's not that we don't need money, we need money, but don't look at, put it behind you. God will not leave you without money, he has to give you something else. What is substitutes money is with faith. Is with faith. Honestly, I will tell you, young people, you should go through the life of Jesus with a fine-tooth comb. And you will see from the time he stepped out until he goes to the cross, there is not a single situation he will face which faith doesn't handle, including paying taxes. Not a single situation. Then his final question to his disciples is, when I send you out, With nothing, literally nothing, including money. Did you lack anything? Their answer was, nothing. Nothing, no? Okay, so it's not that God will not give us money and all, but that is all secondary. The thing is faith. Your heart should be full of faith. And if by faith God blesses you, don't replace that faith with that money. Still keep it out. Keep it out. If God says, give it away, give it away. Don't give your faith away. Because here is a church at the verge of being spat out by Jesus. Why? Because their heart has been replaced by something else. There is no love. There is no faith. And Jesus says, I still love you. And I'm knocking on your door. If you open, let me in. I will come in. And we shall start fellowshipping together. So your priorities become right. God becomes first again. Amen? Now we shall have Peter and we shall pray. Create
1: in me a oh claim, Heart O oh God. Remember right spirit within me create in Spirit within me, cast me not away from Thy presence, O God, take not Thy Holy Spirit from me, Lord, restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation. Render a right spirit within me Created me not away from Thy presence, O oh God. Take not Thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away, Lord. Cast me not away. Presence, oh O God, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, Lord. restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, oh, renew right spirit within me. so oh god take now thy holy spirit from me oh, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation renew a right spirit within me renew a right spirit Renew your right spirit within
0: me. Remember, the kingdom of this world, Babylon, is built by money and with money. The kingdom of God is built by faith. That's why when we come to the end, the book of Revelation, Babylon is destroyed in one hour. One hour, the whole structure is demolished and you will see all the merchants and the rich men and the kings, everybody weeping. The money will be gone. It will be gone. And these things are going to happen. When that happens, you will realize faith will still survive. And God has put those pictures for us. See, we are not speaking against money. We are speaking about our heart. Be very, very careful about how you handle, because a time will come when money will be useless. And Elijah ate for three and a half years without a penny in his pocket. So did the widow who trusted his word trusted his word okay God can give us money or God can give us provision but either way he has promised he will take care of us so when your money fails faith should not fail you faith should not fail you okay so faith fails everything fails so this morning we once again we come if it was 49 days yesterday it's 48 days today Father, this morning we come to you, we thank you, Father, we thank you, we just thank you, we just thank you, Lord. The whole purpose is that, Lord, our hearts are stayed on you, hearts are stayed on you. You said you will give perfect peace to those whose hearts are stayed on you. The only way our hearts can be stayed on you is by trusting you with all our heart and to loving you, Lord, with all our heart. Help us, Lord, to take our eyes off the world, and the things of the world daily, constantly, and keep it on you and your kingdom. God our hearts, Lord, for you have said out of the heart proceeds all things. For there is going to be a great inversion on that day. The first will become the last. The last, the world, Sodom has last, will become the first. And that will be for eternity, forever and ever. You said in your word, those who are poor in this world, you have made them rich in faith. I pray, Father, we will be rich in faith. Rich. Trusting you in every turn. Every situation in life, we will trust you, believe you, and confess, God is good, all the time. Whatever is happening, cannot change. Who my God is, he is good, and his appointed end for me, is always good. Even to the church in Laodicea, you came and said, whom I love, I discipline. Repent. Repent. The promise he gives them. If you overcome as I overcame, you will sit on the throne and reign with me. Even they were told, if they turn, their end would be good. Because you are always good. That's what you are telling everyone here. Everyone listen. It doesn't matter what we go through. It doesn't change who God is. Help us to see with our heart. Yes, yes. Then our eyes will be open. We'll be able to see. We'll be able to hear. We'll be able to understand what God is doing through this situation for each one of us and in each one of our lives. Touch, Lord. Touch. Touch, yes, Lord. Touch every heart. Yes, Lord. Touch, Lord. Jesus, Help us to see. Help us to hear that the hearts be full every day with love for God and faith in God, O Master. We just thank you. We praise Praise you, Lord. Once again, Father, we lift up holy hands. We bless your holy name. We bless your your holy name. name. And we declare in your house, Lord, thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.